Boom, shake the room, Fire Nation. JLD here with the Entrepreneurs on Fire July 2019 Income Report. And we have something pretty interesting to share with you today. But before we dive into those specifics, let's check out the July 2019 income at a glance. Our gross income for the month of July was $183,659. Our total expenses for July were $30,223 for a total net profit of $153,436, which gives us a net profit percentage of 84% Fire Nation. So that's been a big focus for Kate and myself with Entrepreneurs on Fire is to get our net profit percentage up, meaning that we are keeping more and more of the money that we make month over month. We spent a lot of times in the 60s over the past couple of years, a lot of time in the 70s, and I'm pretty pumped when I see a number in the 80s. I'm not saying we're going to be staying here every single month because that's a pretty lean month and a pretty high percentage, but it's something we've definitely been looking to improve over the years. And the difference between July and June was actually a negative $169,000, which actually was exactly the dollar amount that we got paid out from the first installment of our Tony Robbins launch. It's actually $168,000. So crazy how we made almost exactly the same amount minus that one Tony Robbins payout from last month. So quite a month. It was a lot of things were happening, which we're going to be talking about. But as always, we have Josh, we have David, we have Kate on the mic to join us. And we're just going to go right down the list. We're going to start with Josh, we're going to then go to David, and then we're going to be rocking it with Kate. Where we'll be talking about what, is it, what does it look like to have trip preparation for 90 days when you're running a business. And so we're going to be getting some details on that. But first off, we're going to take a minute to thank our sponsors. When it comes to hiring, background checks are a must and TransUnion Shareable for Hires enables immediate access to employment screening tools that deliver reports in minutes. Start your on-demand screening at shareable.com slash fire and use code onfire50 at checkout to save 50% on your first screening. Getting your sales copy and funnels just right can be difficult, but with ClickFunnels' new One Funnel Away Challenge, you can have everything up, running, and optimized in just 30 days. Join the next One Funnel Away Challenge for just $100 at eofire.com slash funnel. That's eofire.com slash funnel. Okay, now it's time to have Josh talk about your entertainment deduction is no longer. So Josh, say what's up and take it away. All right, John. You know I normally love using these income reports to discuss tax strategies that business owners and entrepreneurs can use to reduce their tax bill. So we've discussed things like deducting travel or forming a nonprofit or all the other many, many tax-saving strategies we, we have discussed here on these income reports over the last five years, right? But every once in a while, I need to use these reports to discuss something that you cannot do to save money on taxes. And this is going to be one of those months that I do that. So prior to the 2018 tax law changes, entertainment costs within your business were always deductible. 
right? And we had a few different tax tips right here on these income reports discussing taking advantage of that deduction. And my personal favorite was when I discussed going to watch my Cleveland Indians in the World Series. And I took a business associate with me, so I got to deduct it as an entertainment expense within my business. We discussed business on the trip, right? Yep, the good old days of 2017 and prior when the IRS would help pay to entertain your business contacts. Unfortunately, that deduction went away in the Tax Cut and Jobs Act that took effect in 2018. And look, there were a lot of great things for entrepreneurs within that tax bill, but this was a bad one, right? Or this this was a negative. We lost that entertainment deduction. And judging by the 2018 tax season, a lot of people still don't know that they lost it. So just to recap, prior to 2018, meals and entertainment were always grouped together in a business's bookkeeping. All right. So if any business owner right now goes to their books, I'll bet they'll see a category called meals and entertainment. They were never separate. Always one thing, meals and entertainment. And for good reason, because they were both deductible, but only at a 50% rate. Okay. So if you took a client, John, if I came out to Puerto Rico and you took me golfing into lunch to discuss your taxes, first of all, I, I, I don't know if you're any better than me at golf, but we'd probably both have a terrible round at golf. And But nonetheless, you spent $200 to take me to this great course plus go out to lunch. You would get to deduct 50% of that, all right? $100 of that bill. Now, only the lunch portion of that day is deductible, okay? So now only the lunch that you buy me when I come out there to Puerto Rico is going to be deductible. So you still got to pay for the golf, but you only get to deduct the lunch. And this is a big change. And it means you need to make sure that you or your bookkeeper are no longer lumping meals and entertainment expenses into one category. Okay, again, that's how it's always been done in the past. They've always been lumped together into one category. Now you and or your bookkeeper need to have a separate category for non-deductible entertainment costs. Okay, so you need to have meals and then you need to have entertainment. No longer meals and entertainment. All right, but Hey, John, since we always like to look at the positive side here at EO Fire, I'm going to leave you with one saving grace. The food and or drinks that you incurred during entertainment are still deductible. Okay, so let me give you an example. While my World Series tickets would no longer be a business deduction, if I bought two beers and two hot dogs for me and my my business associate that went to the game with me, those would be deductible. Okay, so the meals that you incur while you're doing the entertaining are still deductible, with one exception. If that is purchased as a part of a lump sum ticket, so uh, my, my Cleveland Indians, they have um, they have seats where it's all you can eat food with it. If I were to buy that ticket, it wouldn't matter that a food's a part of it. It's still all considered entertainment. So if it's a one cost for all, it's all considered entertainment. But if you're paying for the, the meals or the drink or the snacks, whatever, separately, then you can still deduct those even though it's being done during entertainment. All right, does that make sense? So, John, you know, I hate to spend an entire report talking about something that you can't do, but sometimes preventing you from doing the wrong thing in your taxes can save you just as much in penalty and interest costs as teaching you to do a new strategy. So, John, I know you've asked me a million different times if you can do something, and there's a lot of times that I have to say no, and that saves you just as much money as the times that I get to say yes. So, Fire Nation, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. If you didn't already know, those entertainment expenses are not deductible anymore. Yeah. And for anyone who's looking, uh, we can, you can reach out to us at any time on our website, cpmfire.com, or they can always reach out to me directly, josh at cpmfire.com.
Josh, thank you as always. And Fire Nation, definitely check out all Josh has going on at cpaonfire.com. Now we have David in the house and his legal tip for the month is, when does my business need a waiver? So let's dive into this. David, take it away. Okay, so today we're going to talk about when does my business need a waiver? There are a lot of circumstances when a well-crafted waiver document will be an asset for your business. A waiver is simply an agreement whereby someone agrees not to bring a legal claim in the case of a loss or injury. So you agree to waivers all the time, often without even knowing it. When you go to a concert or a game, your ticket almost always includes language stating that you are assuming certain risks and agreeing not to sue. The same thing happens when you enter a parking lot, go in for a medical procedure, or attend a conference. Waivers are everywhere, and your business may need one from time to time, even if you're not putting on big concerts or practicing medicine. So let's say you're hosting some sort of event. Maybe it's a mastermind for fellow entrepreneurs or a fun get-together for your clients. You want everything to go well, of course, but life is full of risks and you can't control all of them. For example, Someone could get sick from the food you serve, or they could get in a car accident going to or from your event. That's why it's wise to have your attendees sign a waiver. The waiver will include language to the effect that the attendee waives, releases, indemnifies, holds harmless, and discharges you or your company against any claims related to the event. The attendees should certify that they are able to participate in the activities and have not been advised otherwise by a medical professional. The document should also state that the waiver applies to the attendees, family members, heirs, successors, and assigns because you want to be protected even in a worst-case scenario. The waiver should specify which state or country's law applies because people may be traveling to your event from all over, and it should state where and how any disputes are to be settled, for example, in binding arbitration in the county in which you do business. So as you can see, there's a lot of complexity in even a short waiver document. That's why a waiver is best written by an attorney. If you host events regularly, your lawyer may be able to create a form that you can reuse with small modifications over and over. Of course, there are free waiver forms that you can find online, but beware, most of them are not very good. Still, if you really can't afford a lawyer, something might be better than nothing. Finally, along with a waiver, you should consider getting insurance for additional protection. Insurance can be purchased for individual events, and many event venues require that you have insurance for their protection as well. So that's the answer to when does my business need a waiver. If you're having an event where people will be attending, there's some risk, then a waiver would be appropriate. If you have questions about how to best protect your business against unforeseen risks, such as the kind that requires a waiver, you can get in touch with me. My website is lizerbramlaw.com. That's L-I-Z-E-R-B-R-A-M-L-A-W.com. Or if you type David Lizerbram into Google and even get close to spelling my name right, there's only one of me, you will find me. And I look forward to speaking with you. Thanks. David, way to rock the mic and Fire Nation. Make sure you're reaching out to David via email or going directly to his website for all of your entrepreneurial legal needs. Now, let's talk about what went down in July. I think I'm getting word that Kate Erickson is now currently in the house. So, Kate, it's a pretty rainy day here in July in Puerto Rico. So, why don't you jump in, uh, bring a little sunshine to this episode, and uh, talk to us about what's going on. What's up, Fire Nation? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I've heard more thunder in the past 24 hours than maybe like... 
I mean, I guess for me, because in California, like you don't hear that a lot, but I guess you're, uh, you're probably used to it growing up in Maine, right? Yeah. Maine has thunder showers from time to time for sure. But I will say this kind of reminded me of like our first couple months back in Cabra Diaz on the other side of the islands where for some reason that side of the island was really getting a ton of thunderstorms like right over the house too. So that was some crazy thunder too. That was house-shaking thunder. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I'm super excited to dive into what we've been up to in July because it basically all revolves around preparing for our three-month trip. I can't believe we leave so soon. So soon. Um, But I also wanted to make the comment when you were talking about like our percent net revenue to overall gross, do you know what like an average expected of that is? I mean, if you're running a business and you're doing anywhere above 20%, you're doing really, really good. If you're doing, if you're running a business that has physical products and you're anywhere from five to 15%, you're doing really good. So, you know, there definitely is that situation where when you're a virtual online entrepreneur, I mean, getting into the forties and the fifties is definitely not abnormal, but I mean, to see a number in the eighties, that's staggering. And last month we were 91%. Ow. Wow. <laughs> I actually did an interview earlier today and with uh, Gavin, who you know, we met up with him and Lauren in Edinburgh when we were traveling last year. And he asked me what uh, kind of, well, he called it secret sauce. Like how has our business, you know, grown so fast? How do we do so? How do we continue to do so well? And that's what I said. I said, you know, we really pay attention to our numbers. And I don't think a lot of businesses do that. And you can end up in trouble real fast if you are not really in tune with what money's coming in and what money is going out, especially with, you know, so much noise on the internet about like, you should be hiring a team and you should be um, reinvesting in yourself and you should invest in your business and you, you should be buying all these courses and stuff, which, you know, like you have to of course, invest in yourself. That's so incredibly important. But like, you don't have to go hire a huge team and, you know, be taking like multiple online courses if you're not in a position to do so. I think it's really critical that when you are running a business, you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to say, what kind of business do I really want to run? Like, what at the core do I want to wake up and have on that day's plate, on my schedule, on that calendar? And I know for Kate and I, we wanted to stay lean. We wanted to be very profit heavy, very profit focused. And that's where we've been at. Now, there are definitely individuals who are looking to accomplish different things with their business, with their ideals, with their visions, with their goals. The key thing here for me is make sure your finger's on the pulse. Just make sure that you are consistently looking at the direction your business is moving, what you're doing, and does this feel right? So, Kate, what are some things that we've been preparing for our upcoming trip that's going to be over 90 days? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I know that this is like so beastly and we get this question so much. Like, how do you guys travel? How do you take off? And your business doesn't skip a beat. How do you guys prepare for that? What are you doing while you're gone? You know, we get the question a lot. How much are you guys working while you're gone? Are you working at all? Are you working none? What's your daily routine like when you're traveling? So I thought it would be cool because we are literally in the thick of this to really break it down and share with you guys exactly how we're preparing for this trip we're about to take off on where we'll be traveling for three months. I believe I counted 12 stops 
And I'm going to be breaking it down in three steps so that regardless of if you're preparing for a three-month trip or like a long weekend vacation with your family or you're about to go to a conference or an event, these three steps, you can use these even if you're not going anywhere at all. Like this is just a really great three-step system and a process that you can follow in order to make sure that the goals you want to hit in your business, the projects you want to accomplish, that your to-do list is actually being done. So John, you ready to dive into these three steps? Yeah. And right before we dive in, I just also want to have a visual that besides these 12 stops, which are going to be awesome and fun and crazy from Fiji to Latvia to France to Poland to Toronto and everywhere in between, we are literally flying around the world on this trip. I don't know if you thought about that, Kate. I kind of did not think about that, (laughs) (laughs) but we really are like, we will circle the globe. We're going to circle the entire globe. (laughs) Yeah. Whenever I talk about the stops that we're making, which actually we should break those down. Um, everyone's like, wait a second, Fiji, that makes no sense at all. (laughs) We know it makes all the sense in the world though. (laughs) So true. Um, okay. Well, by, by the time this income report is out, we will have talked about all the stops that we're going to hit, but let's dive into those three steps. So I will say on the income report, I've actually broken down these three steps first, uh, from the perspective of how we planned for the actual trip, like how we chose our stops, um, how we booked our plane tickets, how we figured out where we were taking trains, how we booked our Airbnbs, why in some places we're actually doing home away and VRBO. Um, so I walked through this framework. Really, it was to show you an example of very non-businessy, like this is these are the steps we followed to plan our trip. And then also very businessy, which I'm going to review right now, how we plan to be gone. So Step number one is to know what you are planning for. This is absolutely critical because until we have an idea of um, the circumstances we're going to be in, it's going to be really hard to figure out what actually we need to get done, right? So so we're preparing for this because we're leaving on a trip. And so preparing for that, we asked ourselves, three very, very basic questions. Number one, what dates will we be gone? Number two, how much do we want to work while we're gone? And number three, how available will we be while we're gone? So I know these are literally very, very basic questions, right? But as we start to answer these questions, you'll see the action items unfold. This is what's going to help get us to step two. So step one, we're just trying to understand what it is we're preparing for. So we know the dates that we're going to be gone. We're leaving early August and we're coming back early November. How much work do we want to get done? Well, Fire Nation, as you know, John and I have done everything from take two weeks completely unplugged in Europe to travel weekends and work full on while we're doing conferences to kind of something maybe a little in between, probably way more heavy on the vacay side last fall when we did our 70-day Europe trip. And this time we're kind of doing something a little in between all of those things. I think, John, you and I are on the same. Well, actually, I know we're on the same page because we've talked about this several times that uh, we're not necessarily expecting to go off gallivanting all day, every day and not do any work. Both of us are planning on checking in every day. We'll probably have uh, several full work days within our travels. Um, What's different 
mainly about this trip than the last trip we took is we're actually going to be in every single stop for at least one week. So that really gives us the opportunity to maybe have a couple of work days, all while still being able to like see the sights and the sounds and all that good stuff. So understanding how much we want to work while we're gone is, again, you'll see in step two, really helping us prepare and understand what it is we need to prepare for as we get ready to go. And then that last question, how available will we be while we're gone? And again, uh, we'll be engaging online. We're going to keep up with the day-to-day in the business. We, of course, want to be in touch with our team and make sure that everything's on the up and up. But what we don't really want to do is pick up any new projects or commitments while we're gone. So having that understanding is really going to help us with our communications, not only leading up to our trip, but also while we're on our trip. Because you all know just as well as John and myself that shiny objects are abundant. We get a lot of, we're very grateful for all the opportunities that we get to do joint partnerships and, you know, start new projects. We have new ideas coming at us all the time, John more so than myself. And uh, sometimes it can be tough to say no to that stuff. But if we tell ourselves exactly how available we want to be while we're gone, then it makes it very easy to respond to those opportunities and to those new projects that come up. So we know that we're going to be saying no to that stuff while we're traveling because we don't want to engage in any new projects or commitments while we're gone. How are you feeling about step one, John? I'm loving it. And the thing I will just add is sometimes Fire Nation setting parameters actually sets you free. And it's the people that really sometimes don't set any parameters, then you just don't have that freedom to say yes, to say no, and to really make those decisions. So love it. Let's keep on rolling. Yeah, I really like that. I mean, that's really what step one is all about. Again, knowing what you're preparing for, because if you can answer just these very basic questions to set yourself up for success, then it's going to be a lot easier to actually get done what you want to get done and to say no, what you really don't want to be picking up. So step number two is to create your to-do list and your timeline. Now that we know the basics of what we're planning for, we get to just brain dump everything that is going to help us accomplish what we just said we want to do while we're gone. So the fact that we really don't want to be on any timelines while we're gone, um, we don't want to engage in any big major projects. Uh, we really want to be spending a lot of time, you know, out and about exploring these cities and these amazing countries that we're going to be in. And so what we've done is we've looked at, okay, if we're leaving in August and we're not coming back until November, what would take place in that time frame if we were just going to be here? Like regular workday, regular week, regular months, what is it that we would be doing between August and November that we need to really prepare for? Because John, you're not going to be having like full studio recording days while we're gone. And it's probably going to be, you know, there are some places that we need to prepare for and understand that some things are out of our control. Like, of course, we can look for Airbnbs with great Wi-Fi and all of this stuff, but you never really know what's going to happen. So things like inserting sponsorships and having our show notes scheduled out, um, making sure that the blog is on point. Uh, we just did a huge overhaul. And if you listen to last month's income report, you know all about this. Our podcasters paradise updates that we've been doing completely new video tutorials pretty much across the board. I mean, that's something that we definitely, you know, we're not going to be in an Airbnb recording video tutorials for our community. 
So this step two is just brain dumping, like everything that we would normally be working on. What is that? I'm just going to write it all out on paper so that I can get it out of my head so that I can look at it like from, you know, the big picture, like zoom out and then be able to put priority and a timeline to it. Now, there are a few other things that we have going on, you know, as a part of this trip, like we actually kicked, well, John kicks a trip off in Las Vegas for Tony Robbins Business Mastery, and then we'll be meeting up in Orlando for Podcast Movement. So Podcast Movement, both John and I are speaking there. We're doing a Podcaster's Paradise meetup. So again, that's something that that is going to be happening while we're gone. So it's a consideration, something that we need to make sure that our talks are prepared, that we're ready to deliver while we're there, that we have all the Podcaster's Paradise meetup logistics um, set and everything. So this step two, again, is really about based on what you said you're planning for, what needs to get accomplished before you leave. Once you have that list running and you can look at it again from a zoomed out perspective, we're going to start zooming in to put it in order of priority. We need to understand how much time each of these things is going to take and whether one of them is dependent on something else so that we can start to organize how we're going to be planning our time. Um, I mean, like for John and I, John, when would you say we started planning for the Like when did we start this preparation for this trip, would you say? I'd say like a month after we got back from our last trip. <laughs> oh my goodness. Crazy, right? Yeah. I think it was actually from the section that I do in, in this income report on the actual trip portion of it. You're absolutely right. We booked plane tickets in January. I went wow. back and I looked at like how those confirmations came through and that was in January. So I'm talking about this brain dump and, and going through all of this right as we're about to leave, but we've been planning for this for seven months now. So uh, when you're looking at all of these things and saying like, okay, we want to have the podcast, uh, every podcast episode recorded and uploaded, all of our sponsors have to be in there, the show notes have to be ready, the blog posts have to be ready, our podcasters paradise updates have to be done. Um, we've got podcast movement to consider. When you have seven months to plan that, then, you know, it's not as scary as what it might sound like right now. <laughs> and like, that would be really scary if we were looking at leaving in a couple of weeks and had all this. But no, that's why you're planning way far in advance. You have all this prep time to then put a timeline to it. So whether you put a timeline to it as in like, okay, it's January and John and I are talking about all the things that we want to accomplish before we leave, we have seven months. We can either start from where we're at in January and start plotting that out, or we can work our way backwards, which I find typically working yourself backwards into a timeline is a little bit easier. That's typically how I approach project planning. And so in that regard, back in January, we're looking at this brain dump list of all these things that we want to accomplish. We're putting them in order of priority. We're trying to figure out which of these things might have dependencies, other things that need to get done before we can actually start them. And if we're looking at August as our deadline, then we can start working backwards. And where where in this timeline are we going to be accomplishing each of these steps? So, John, maybe you could talk about because you've just masterfully like done this entire prep um, for the podcast. I mean, we have episodes uploaded right now through November, right? This is where I took all of the skills that I've been building up and 
learning and improving and adjusting and tweaking over all of these years. And I put all of those batching skills to the test really in the month of July. And I just became batching beast mode JLD. I mean, that was literally what happened. I mean, I had like seven or eight days in July where I was just full out, doing full days of Entrepreneurs on Fire episodes, doing full days of these 20-minute strategy calls because with 278 people qualifying for a 20-minute call with me, I got a bunch of those days done. I I had full days with straight out 15-minute interviews uh, with me and because I had the same exact thing for the KBB bonuses. So I have all of these interviews that I wanted to knock out with other people on their shows before we left so that I was not having to try to scramble and do those, as Kay was mentioning earlier, with sketchy Wi-Fi and our Airbnbs when I'd rather just be kicking back, relaxing, and enjoying the trip and the vacation and the location that we're at. So I went into complete batching beast mode and it was a very focused month. It was a very busy month, meaning that there was just a lot of work that was going on during that month. But here we are at the very end of the month, the last day of the month. I have a couple things to do between now and when I actually depart on August 4th. But when those wheels take off from the airport or lift off from the tarmac and I am heading off to my first destination, which is Las Vegas, I essentially have nothing on my calendar, nothing on my schedule until after we get back in November of 2019. Now, that's again, not to say like Kate was sharing, we're going to be working. It's not to say that we're not going to be working. We're, we're committed to at least every single morning, having an hour to go through our communities, to go through our email, to go through our social medias. We're going to do that. And then who knows, in the evening, depending on what's planned, we'll figure out what we're going to do in the evening. If it's going to be, hey, let's jump on the internet for 30 minutes real quick to just play catch up. Or, hey, we're not going to get online tonight because we're going to be doing X, Y, or Z in the location that we're at. So, That has been a lot of work, but by the power of batching, it has really allowed me to get way ahead. As Kate mentioned, I am already uploaded for interviews all the way through November of 2019, as we're talking here at the end of July. And that's just the beauty of the world that we live in too, is you can just really get stuff done in advance, schedule it out, and then you just know that your systems, your automation, your team is going to have your back. And you are obviously going to have to keep your finger on the pulse on some levels as Kate and I are going to do every day with at least that minimum one hour check-in. But overall, besides that, like I don't expect to be doing any entrepreneurs on fire interviews, any interviews on other shows, any strategy calls, any of those things. It is absolutely focused and ready to go. So now we're going to take a quick minute to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. Online funnels can be intimidating. They require setup and technical aspects you might not be familiar with. But what if I told you that you can build an online funnel from scratch and get it live in just 30 days? With the One Funnel Away Challenge from ClickFunnels, you really are just 30 days away from getting your funnel live. Here's how it works. Join the next One Funnel Away Challenge at eofire.com slash funnel. Every day you'll receive a mission to complete, each mission being a step in the process of creating, building, and launching your funnel. Get ready to rock your funnel with a trifecta training approach, daily training, live coaching, and accountability 
accountability from day one through day 30. Complete the task given to you every day for 30 days, and by the end of the 30 days, you should have a funnel that is live and ready to generate leads and sales. Join the next One Funnel Away Challenge for just $100 at eofire.com slash funnel and get daily training, live coaching, and accountability from day one through day 30. That's eofire.com slash funnel. As a small business, making great hires is critical to your success. And when it comes to hiring, background checks are a must-have. Unlike big companies with big HR departments, small businesses may not have the resources to manage background checks or easily access screening tools. But now there is TransUnion Shareable for Hires, an online employment screening service built specifically to help small businesses quickly screen applicants with reliable data from a trusted source. With traditional screening services, you might wait days or even weeks to get results but with Shareable for Hires, you'll get immediate access to powerful employment screening tools that enable you to fast track your hiring process so that you can get back to business. Within minutes, you'll receive reports from TransUnion containing critical information about an applicant's credit history and criminal background. The reports you receive are compliant with state and federal consumer reporting laws. It's free to sign up, no hidden fees, and reports start as low as $35. Start your on-demand screening at shareable.com slash Fire and use code ONFIRE50 at checkout to save 50% on your first screening. TransUnion Shareable for Hires, helping small businesses make big decisions. So Kate, why don't we take this home? Yeah. And that's actually real quick, a really good like microscope vision of what I'm talking about. Like you knew that you wanted to be uploaded through November. So sitting in January and looking at your schedule and the time frame that you had to accomplish that, it meant mapping out what episodes needed to go live when they were going live. Okay. If you have I'm, I'm pulling this number out. Let's say you have 40 interviews that you need to do for that time period. Okay, how many recording days is that? That's, you know, uh, five, six recording days. And so when are the when are you going to actually schedule those recording days? Then making sure that they actually get filled up with the interviews. So, I mean, you guys know project planning. You know what it's like to really zero in and put like microscopic things in place to make sure that you're hitting your due dates, to make sure that you're moving one step forward every single day and really checking in with yourself, like hold yourself accountable. And whether you reach out to a friend or you share with your mastermind, like, Hey guys, this is what I'm working towards so that, you know, they could keep up on you. Like you're supposed to have an interview day this week. Like how did that go? And just really make sure that you're checking in with yourself as the timeline gets closer and closer. So that's step two. And step three is really to take action. And I have to be honest, I think this is the funnest part because we've done so much work in step one to just really understand what it is that we're planning for. Like what are the expectations that we're going to set for ourselves? Step number two, that is a lot of work, right? Brain dumping, planning out everything that you need to get done. And of course, I'm sure things are going to come up that you didn't think about or you didn't remember that you should be doing that. We've done our timeline, which is a lot, again, of those microscopic steps, really checking in with ourselves, holding ourselves accountable and doing the things. Now you get to start checking things off your list. And that can feel really incredible when you're preparing and planning and you know that you're about to hit your goal, you know that you're not going to have the stress when you're gone. You know that you're not going to be overwhelmed. You're going to have an amazing sense of accomplishment. Having looked back at this timeline you've created for yourself, this masterful plan, 
your clarity towards your business goals and how you're going to get there, the focus required for it. And now it's time to enjoy your freedom. Enjoy the freedom. And I love the bullet points that Kate just ran through. So one more time, what is all of this going to do for you? Relieve stress ditch overwhelm, create a sense of accomplishment, bring clarity to your business goals and how you're actually going to get there, give you focus that following one course until success, and then not having the feeling of being overwhelmed, but instead being caught up. And that gives you freedom. So Kate, anything you want to add before we jump into the income breakdown? Oh, let's dive right on in. July 2019's income breakdown, our product and service side of the business brought in $127,000. We did 380 journal sales for a total of $10,068. Podcasters Paradise brought in $27,000. We had uh, 34 new members come in during the month of July. We also did $83,695 through podcast sponsorship income. So it continues to just be a huge part of our overall revenue. And of course, we have free courses that drive all of this revenue. Your Big Idea, free podcast course, Funnel on Fire. And Kate, make a note because it's not there to add our new free course, Mastermind on Fire, how to create and launch a mastermind that's on fire. So definitely check out that at mastermindonfire.com, Fire Nation. And our affiliate income brought in $56,000. We did $22,000 with ClickFunnels, $20,000 this month with our Knowledge Business Blueprint payouts, and $5,732. And if you haven't checked this next link out, I would recommend checking out closersonfire.com. It's an episode I did with Dan Locke back in the day, and he's having a lot of success with people who are looking to maximize high ticket sales. And so he's working with a lot of people within Fire Nation, and that brought in for us as an affiliate over $5,700. Again, that's closersonfire.com. So our total gross income for July was $183,659. And now let's go through some business expenses. We had over $27,000 in straight business expenses, over $2,500 in recurring subscription-based expenses for a total of $30,223, which brought our net profits to $153,436. And one thing that I just kind of want to say that I'm very proud of Kate and myself and just the whole Entrepreneurs on Fire team is when you're hearing us check in and you know do these income reports while we're traveling, because that's probably the one recording that we're going to be consistent with is to do in um, late August or early September, our August income report, and then in late Octo- uh, early October, I should say, to do our September income report while we're on the road you're going to see that our business is going to generate over $100,000 both of those months. And that's really powerful. The fact that Kate and I can essentially be 90 to 95% unplugged from the business. We can be off traveling, gallivanting and enjoying the world and all the different places we're going to be going and have a business that's still generating six figures of revenue 
every month that we're gone. So that's going to be something that's really cool that I know that I'm very proud of that we've created through that. And I know something that, uh, I know that's something that a lot of listeners are working towards. So keep working towards that because it is very possible. So the biggest lesson learned is how are you playing? So Kate, why don't you take this home for us? Yeah. So this month's biggest lesson learned was a result of a chat I was having with a great friend, actually someone who I turn to for business advice often. I would consider her an accountability partner, a mastermind partner, and just an absolute great friend. And while we were chatting, we were talking about goals. And I asked her what her goal was for a launch that she's working on right now. And she said something totally that I did not expect. What she said is, I'm playing to win. And it honestly wasn't the answer I was expecting. I thought that I was going to hear something like 50 sales or six figures in revenue, both of which are great goals, right? But her answer was so much more powerful than any number of sales or any dollar amount. She's playing to win. And it really got me thinking like, how am I playing in our business? Am I playing to win or am I playing to not lose? And quite unfortunately, I can quickly and easily think of situations within the past six years since I joined the team here at Entrepreneurs on Fire when I was playing to not lose. I was playing scared, small, timid, wanting to remain comfortable, which I mean, these are such tough things to overcome and I'm working on them every single day, being reactive instead of proactive, second guessing every move I made. I didn't want to make the wrong decision and I didn't want to make a big mistake or fail. I didn't want to lose. But over the years, so grateful for this, surrounding myself with positive big thinkers, having incredible support of friends, of masterminds, buddies, of accountability partners, of you, John, of my family, my friends, continuing to educate myself through in-person events and online masterminds. I've felt a really huge and incredibly like powerful just doesn't even seem like a big enough word for it. I felt such an incredible shift and hearing quotes from people like Tim Ferriss who said, think big and don't listen to people who tell you it can't be done. Life's too short to think small. Or Isabel Allende who said, we only have what we give. Or Oprah and her wise words that Every time you state what you want or believe, you are the first to hear it. It's a message to both you and others about what you think is possible. Don't put a ceiling on yourself. These quotes, all the people that I've surrounded myself with, they've all helped me realize how I want to play, how I will play, and that is to win. So Fire Nation, I encourage you to ask yourself this question today. How are you playing? How are you playing in your business? How are you playing in your life? Are you playing to win or are you playing to not lose? Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with and you've been hanging out with KE and JLD today. So keep up the heat and we'll catch you on the flip side.
When it comes to hiring, background checks are a must, and TransUnion Shareable for Hires enables immediate access to employment screening tools that deliver reports in minutes. Start your on-demand screening at shareable.com slash fire and use code ONFIRE50 at checkout to save 50% on your first screening. Getting your sales copy and funnels just right can be difficult, but with ClickFunnels' new One Funnel Away Challenge, you can have everything up, running, and optimized in just 30 days. Join the next One Funnel Away Challenge for just $100 at eofire.com slash funnel. That's eofire.com slash funnel.